baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, my God. That's a massive turtle. Is that a snapper? He's a snapper. That's a, that's a Chicago River snapper. Are you kidding me? Look at that beast. Hey, how you doing, guy? You look good. You're healthy. There's a good chance you've heard that clip already if you've been online at all recently. It's from Joey Santor's Twitter account where he posted a video of the beast now lovingly referred to as Chonkasaurus. It's been viewed more than 800,000 times. Damn, that's a scene if there ever was one, man. Look at that. (laughs) He's just hanging out on the rusty chains. We should take him out to eat. Yeah, but if you do, you may need to order everything on the menu. This prehistoric-looking beast, this massive turtle, Santora spotted it in your hometown, right, Lauren? Yep. He and his friend Al Scorch saw it near the Division Street Bridge on the Chicago River's North Branch. That's right by Goose Island, an island on the Chicago River. It's also a pretty urban area. There's a Target nearby and a bunch of bars. No Target, or as my wife calls it, the mothership. And the bars, you know, maybe the turtle just wanted a drink. You know, the Goose Island Brewery is just around the corner. So, yeah, maybe he did want to just grab a beer. So I don't suppose you have ever seen a giant snapping turtle in Chicago. Absolutely not. Honestly, I didn't think anything could survive in that river. I think it's part of why Santor's video went viral and why WBBM News Radio in Chicago had a bunch of headlines about it. I know we couldn't pass up such a strange story, so we got in touch with Santor, who runs the Crime Pays But Botany Doesn't YouTube channel, to talk about how wildlife can surprise you. Yeah, and I learned that while he is from the Chicago area, Santor now actually lives in my part of the country, or my state anyway. He's in McAllen, Texas, down along the border, and he's got some good tips for finding interesting nature there as well. I'm Mike Rogers, and you just heard from one of our producers, Lauren Barry, and this is Something Offbeat. I was visiting home. I was I was uh, visiting friends and family. You know, I go back every once in a while, you know, to relive my trauma, my Midwest trauma. Tell me, how did this all happen? You're down on the river. What were you doing at the time? Yeah, we were just, you know, I, I do uh, I do videos exploring plant evolution and ecology. And so we were going to go look at the uh, Chicago River. Heard it's been cleaned up a little bit. It, I, I will say it didn't smell the way it used to, which is a good thing. So we were just, you know, we, we rented a kayak. It was a really beautiful day. We went out on the river. We were just going to explore what the plants were that were popping up. And most of them, of course, turned out to be, you know, European invasives, not plants that, you know, were native to Chicago. You know, we were just having a fun time. And we saw this, uh, what looked like a 60-pound sandbag sitting on some rotting pylons that were held together by these rusty chains. And uh, it turned out to be a snapping turtle, just a common snapping turtle. But what was remarkable was how big it was and presumably how old it was as well. Side note time. Chris Anker, a wildlife biologist with the Forest Preserve District of Cook County, told WBBM that the turtle is probably 40 to 50 years old. 
Snapping turtles are found throughout Illinois, but they usually grow to be around a foot long and weigh up to 35 pounds. This one is probably a pregnant female. Yeah, very pregnant. I saw the video, I've seen the pictures, and I was stunned. I thought things like that, you, you only found those down in the swamps in Louisiana and down in Florida. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the the, the range of, of that species is, you know, does go pretty far north. But again, to see one, I mean, I, I grew up in Chicago. I'm familiar with it. I mean, it, it was a feeded body of water. And, I, and <laughs> it was just, just so, in, in you know, lots of industrial pollution. So to see a large one just hanging out there on the pylon, you know, they, they put these pylons, you know, to guard the bridges against the barges in case a tugboat driver's drunk or something, you know, barge runs into the bridge, damages infrastructure. And so these pylons, I mean, you don't really get barges on the river anymore, but those pylons, that's that was our initial purpose. And so, yeah, we're just hanging out and it's, uh, it's presumably it's a pregnant female, but its mate was there too, which was a little bit smaller, but its mate scurried off when we got close. How big would you estimate this turtle to be? Like I said, 60 pounds. I got I got two little blue healers, two little cattle dogs. They weigh about 40. The heftier one weighs about 45. And it was probably, you know, she's longer than this turtle was, but the turtle was much wider. And so I would say, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I don't know, the size of a manhole cover, probably 60 pounds. Yeah. Did you get close enough? How close did you get? We got probably, I don't know, eight feet. And then it finally got uncomfortable and kind of scurried away. But I mean, it was so heavy that even when it was trying to get away from us and go back into the water, it took a minute, you know, like it kind of like it was clumsily shifted away. So yeah, it was great. I mean, I was, I was happy to see it because that means the river is cleaner than it used to be. You know, we, there's beavers on it too now. I mean, I never imagined there'd be beavers, you know, a mile north of downtown Chicago, but there was, we had seen a beaver a few days earlier. So not on a kayak, just hanging out on the shore. Well, that was my next question. Last time I was in Chicago, I mean, we went by the river and I looked and I, I thought, well, I can't imagine anything being alive in that water. Yeah, there's a yeah, I talked to some people from uh, Urban Rivers, which is an organization that plants native plants along uh, along the river, you know, like native Midwest plants that can tolerate a lot of water. And they said there's, you know, they had seen snapping turtle babies in 2018 because these things nest on the shore, of course. They've seen beavers, they see muskrats, the native muskrats. So, I mean, all you got to do is once the industry leaves, put some regulations in there so people can't dump petrochemicals and other pollutants in there and uh, plant native plants, all this stuff comes back. I don't live near the river, but I have lived close to Lake Michigan for the past seven years. And that time, I've only seen one guy fishing. Only one guy? What did he catch? I'm not sure, but I did make him stop to take a photo with me. That's how stunned I was. I was also a little concerned for him because I grew up thinking that Lake Michigan fish weren't the safest thing to eat due to pollution. However, the Department of Public Health here does say it's fine to eat them in moderation. Well, of course they're going to say that. I still might take a pass, though. You know, you might wind up with one of those three-eyed fish from The Simpsons. Yeah, I'm not eating them either. So did this thing, do you think it came in from the lake or did it come downstream from tributaries? It probably came downstream from uh, up north or, you know, I don't know. They're, they're all over the Midwest. I mean, these snapping turtles and they can tolerate pretty polluted water. You know, like I said, the river is cleaned up. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of native fish species there now, according to a survey that was done. The turtle of this size, I imagine, could have posed a danger to humans. You know, got too close to it. If you were trying to cuddle it, probably. But, you know, it's uh, of course, they don't advise that. You know, we didn't do that. We just admired it from a distance. I mean, anything. I don't, you know, I wouldn't, I don't blame it. I mean, I, 
I see all kinds of cool reptiles all the time, including venomous snakes. I don't ever try to handle them or anything. They just, you know, they don't bother you. They, you know, you leave them alone, they leave you alone. There may not be a lot of fishing going on in my neighborhood, but we do have a turtle guy. He wheels his turtle, it's probably a tortoise actually, around the park by my apartment in a little wagon. I love it. I know that you also have some turtle stories, and I think listeners need to hear them. Well, let's see. Uh, Well, this one's kind of morbid. PETA definitely wouldn't approve of me even telling this story, but my little sister killed my pet turtle once (sighs) by sticking a ballpoint pen through its shell. And I did a story once about a guy who got arrested at the airport for trying to smuggle 100 baby turtles into the country, newly hatched. He actually had them on his person, crawling around in his clothes. So tell us a little bit about the podcast, Crime Pays But Botany Doesn't. I love the name. It's just kind of a joke name, you know. It's about uh, just basically the the point of the the YouTube channel is just I tend not to be the normal academic type. I I try to avoid that, you know. And so I'm going to go out and and show people when I started doing. It, I'm just going to go pe- show people cool things about plants in their region or even in faraway places. And so that's what I do. I basically teach people plant ecology and evolution. And and I look at plants more from the perspective of, is it medicinal or, you know, is it psychoactive? Or I don't care about all that stuff. I care about the larger picture. So I've been doing this three years. I worked for the railroad for 15 years. About halfway through my railroad career, I made the mistake of getting a locomotive license. So I was trapped in the cab of the locomotive and we would just spend, a, you know, we'd spend a lot of, th- anyone who works for the railroads know how, knows how much waiting you do, you know, hurry up and wait. And so we'd be waiting at signals and I would take a botany textbook out of my bag and just start reading that. It got to the point I was reading research papers at work because I just found this stuff fascinating. But at the same time, I didn't want to go back to school for it. That would kind of kill the fun. I'm just curious because, I mean, I'm in Texas just like you. What are you seeing along the Rio Grande from a botanical standpoint anyway? What kind of things are going on there? Well, there's a lot of, I mean, it's, you know, like any heavily heavily used waterway or that was heavily used, there's invasives here, invasive plants, but plants that evolve 9,000 miles away don't have any of the fungi or insects to keep them in check back home. They don't have those here, so they tend to get out of control. But, you know, once those are dealt with or managed and removed, you get, you know, you get a, all the cool diversity of native plants back. And when you get the native plants back, you start getting all the cool animals. So, you know, people like hunters, land managers, people with big ranches, I mean, they have an interest in learning this stuff too. It's, you know, it's everything's an ecosystem. Everything's part of a, of an ecology. So you want, you know, good animal grazing or good animal presence on your land, plant the native plants back. So the Rio Grande, I mean, the lower lying areas, you know, you get a really cool plant called Montezuma cypress which um, this is the northern end of its range here. It's a relative of redwoods. They can live 2,000 years. The biggest tree in the world is actually a Montezuma cypress, Taxodium mucronatum. It grows down in Oaxaca. It's the size of a, of a mansion, probably. I mean, it's an enormous tree. It's insane. It's called El Arbol del Tul. So that's a cool one. And that actually grows up the river all the way to you know San Antonio and Austin. There's a whole bunch of cool cactus species when you get on the bluffs above the river. You know, there's there's incredible diversity, but, you know, to the untrained eye, just looking at it, it just looks like boring scrub. But when you look closer, there's a whole lot of cool stuff going on. Any snapping turtles down there? Not that I've seen. No, we have alligators. <laughs> we have a little bit more dangerous. I guess so. Does the Rio Grande even make it out into the Gulf anymore? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can you can actually go to, yeah, over there, Boca Chica. You can go to the mouth of the river 
and see where it comes out, you know, and it's uh, there's actually some really cool stuff down there. I mean, that's down where Elon Musk has his spaceport. Yeah, there's a lot of cool plants, man. I mean, it's this is, you know, South Texas is where the Gulf starts to transition to desert, the Chihuahua Desert. And there's there's a wealth of diversity down here. And, you know, I wish you I wish the people that live there appreciated more. Not many people down here know about the native plants. It's a small community that know know about the diversity of uh, the species richness. Como se dice that you get down here. As efforts to improve the environment continue, Chicagoans should expect to see more giant turtles floating on the river. According to Chris Anker in Cook County, Santor said one of the main reasons he's happy the Chonkasaurus video went viral is because it made people realize they like seeing nature around them, even in a big city. Now there's a whole bunch of native Illinois, uh, you know, fish coming back to the river. So. The water quality is cleaner from what I hear. The silt down below is still pretty polluted. You know, it's hard to get rid of that. There's a bunch of lead down there. And that river was just getting trashed and ran through for a good century or so. I'm wondering, is this something that the city is doing? Are they making a conscious effort to clean up the river? Is that how this has happened? Well, I think it's a combination. I mean, you had the Clean Water Act, which, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was pretty important. And then I think, you know, as industry, I mean, you just said, you know, manufacturing and industry kind of left for better or worse. And then now there's active, yeah, I mean, there's actual money being poured into cleaning the river up. People who want to connect more with nature in their own area, they can keep up with Santor for inspiration. Travel around doing presentations. I got a book coming out and I uh, just do weekly YouTube shows teaching people uh, about the plants that grow around them. Santor's videos cover wildlife and nature stuff from around the country, and sometimes further. His most recent video, the last time I checked, was about Florida's rarest tree. I'm Mike Rogers. Thanks for listening to Something Offbeats. This episode written and produced by Lauren Barry and Chris Blake. Audio editing by Chris Blake. Original music by Myron Kaplan and editorial support from Cooper Mall. To keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please share it with us. Send it to somethingoffbeat at odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.